the Pittsburgh Steelers got their asses kicked. And me, myself, and I was <laughs> gutting and pitchforking for Kenny Pickett's head. After, you know, calming down for a few days, not watching any sports on Mondays, looked back at the tape and a lot of eye-opening key plays that I was watching uh, came to light to me. And that's what we're going to go over here on the 814-412 podcast here, along with some other news, key injuries, rumors about TJ Watt, or JJ Watt, I'm sorry, and what the Steeler players are advocating for the offense going forward. Let's get into it. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to do? It's hit pretty well toward the wall. Oh, my God. Pick it. Over the middle. Kenny Pickett did not have a great sort of 48, 72 hours here as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan and even being on the Pittsburgh Steeler roster here. Mike Tomlin Tuesday, he came out basically saying, we got our asses kicked, we're going to wear it. Uh, He's not going to do like what Clint Hurdle would always say, we're going to wash ourselves real good with a clean shower or whatever he would say. Let's just first get into the elephant in the room here with J.J. Watt. He's not coming. Let's just put that to rest. He's happy being retired. He's a part of CBS Sports. Um, He's living a better life. And if you haven't noticed, he's looking really slim. He's not in in football shape. He's, He's in great shape. But he's not in football shape as a DN for the NFL here. TJ Watt, he did appear on uh, the Pat McAfee show today. And of course, right when he comes on, uh, right before he does, we get all these questions. Oh, hey, TJ Watt, I know you want to play for your, like, I know you want to play with your brother. You want to have one more shot at it. All these rumors are going around. Everybody on YouTube, everybody on Twitter, they're going around. But he appeared on the Pat McAfee show today on Wednesday. And what he basically, you know, just shot down those rumors. Uh, while he stated on there that he loves the city, he loves the city of Pittsburgh, and he has massive respect for the Steelers organization. But coming out of retirement does not make sense for him. And for one, uh, JJ Watt, I mean, he hasn't trained in a football manner since his retirement so instead he's just going to enjoy his life um, at CBS and I believe that he owns a English soccer team somewhere and he's just gonna do what he does best and do what's best for uh, JJ Watt I have a quote here he said I love the city of Pittsburgh 
I love the people there, the way that they treat my brother, the history, the tradition. I have so much respect for that place. It is incredible. I'm enjoying being retired. It's great. And obviously, Pat McAfee, he said, so basically it sounds like you're going to be coming out of retirement here. <laughs> but again, I don't think that is going to happen. But getting all that out of the way, TJ Watt, geez, I keep doing that. JJ Watt is not coming out of retirement to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's just shoot down those rumors. It's not going to be happening. Let's just end it. Like We have a better chance on getting Chase Young to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I don't think that's even going to happen either. But in other news, Steelers players now are advocating for key offensive changes. Now, me, I have been on Twitter, or Twitter X, and I've been seeing massive videos and play-by-play and film, just studying the film, studying the routes that the wide receivers are making. And I sit there and I say, is this a joke? Madden has better route running schemes than fucking Matt Canada for the offensive coordinator. And let's not let's not give Kenny Pickett any, you know, any back seat in this. He didn't play great either. But again, as I looked at the film, there was really nothing that Kenny Pickett could really do. Unless if he just wanted to scramble every play, there was nothing for Kenny Pickett to go off of. There was maybe a few plays here and there that had a safety valve in uh, whether it being Najee Harris or whether it being Jalen Warren or even Pat Fryermuth. There was nothing for Kenny Pickett to do. The routes that the wide receivers were running when Kenny Pickett threw the first interception of the game, and yes, Deontay Johnson, he slipped, he fell. That probably had something to do with it, but you know, as I looked at the film, there that was his best shot at getting something. There was nothing going on in that play. Everybody was doing in routes. Everybody uh, on another down was doing out routes. Everybody was doing hitch routes. Everybody was doing all streak routes. I mean, like, you gotta be doing something different here, fucking Matt Canada. I don't understand. I mean, with only seven points, take it for granted, it was against the San Francisco 49ers. I get that. But come on, man. You, like... You know that Kyle Shanahan is a mastermind at picking apart defenses with his offensive ability for play calling here. Brock Purdy looked good, but he had Kyle Shanahan and a great defense in the San Francisco 49ers here. I mean, Pittsburgh, they're back to the drawing board here on the offensive side again. You could throw away... The preseason juice. You could throw away the preseason Kool-Aid that everybody was drinking. Throughout the whole game, there was only one time that Kenny Pickett and the offense found a good rhythm and driving down the football field. And that was right before the half, and that was in a two-minute drill. Now, being... I'm not a former football player here, but being kind of knowing the ins and outs of it, Two-minute offense is way different than, you know, your traditional offense that you run. You kind of just have, it's its own little section, uh, the playbook within the playbook here. It's totally different from what the offensive coordinator does for the offense that you're playing for. And, but with that two-minute drill, they looked good. 
Kind of like whenever uh, Kenny Pickett, even last uh, even last season, would go down the field, he would do his own shit. And the two-minute drill, he was doing his own shit. I was seeing some play, some routes where it's like, okay, you know, that's the Kenny Pickett that we know. That's the Kenny Pickett that we've been seeing throughout the whole preseason here. And But after that, the 49ers, the beginning of the second half, they just came back and smacked us right in the mouth, and we were back to square one. The momentum shifted completely. Najee Harris, he had a good run. I forget how long it was. I think it was maybe like 20 or 30 yards. Can't really remember, but he notices that the up-tempo in the offense, though, when they do it, it keeps the defense off guard, like keeps them on their toes, and the Steelers' offense traveled over 90 yards before the first half. Najee Harris, he quoted saying, Tempo works out. For the most part. For us, just having one word plays, lining up fast and getting to it and playing with pace, it works. And it shows off our conditioning too. I feel like it puts the defense on edge because they might be out of plays, you know, or they might be out there for a certain amount of plays. We go simple and smart to move the ball. It works out in our favor. End quote. Now, take it for what you will. Usually, like, this means, uh, like, you know, uh, when the Steelers use the two-minute drill that they usually have success for, I mean, even against the San Francisco 49ers here, they run the ball right down the field, right down their throats. And looking at the film, it looked like that they were on their toes. But for the most part, if you cut out that two-minute offensive drill, the 49ers, they were flat-footed, and they didn't really know how to answer for the Steelers with their offensive weapons that they have, and they had no answer for the two-minute drill. Again, it's a two-minute offense drill, totally different from the offensive coordinator. Now, with Kenny Pickett, though, Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada have been the hot topics here for here in Pittsburgh. and kind of uh, in the national uh, sports aspect of it. But even Kenny Pickett had to say something about this. Uh, Somebody asked him some, I forget what they said, but uh, basically they never got into a rhythm uh, to even try to mess with their playing tempo due to being behind the whole ball game. Kenny Pickett then said, yeah, that kind of goes into the flow of our game. Pickett then said, you know, you get the chains moving, then you go tempo, so that's kind of, you know, we'll see how the game is going and we'll feel it out and how we want to attack them, end quote. The Pittsburgh, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, they obviously wanted to use more tempo, but the lack of success caused them to abandon that. It is similar to what happened with Joey Porter Jr. He wasn't even on the field even. He was on the field maybe seven snaps and they were all on third and long but you didn't hear from him you didn't notice him on the field which is a good and a bad thing but they weren't attacking him they were attacking the middle linebackers and Cole Holcomb dude I think he's like another Robert Spillane man can't cover he's a good uh, you know run supporter tackle the running back 
but I was watching film on him and man, dude, he was missing a lot of holes and going into the wrong gaps. It just, it was a tough day to be a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. But I mean, hey, take it for what you will. Uh, obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense are trying to tell people like, hey, we want some sort of change. We can't be doing the same shit that we did last year. Obviously, the jet sweeps aren't working. Obviously, let's have some more different routes. And let's go more up-tempo. Not to show off their conditioning skills, but they're conditioned for this. They can go more up-tempo. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, they did it a couple years ago, and it turned out all right for them. Wasn't, you know, uh, long-term, but for right now, it was all right. And we've had this in the past where we know how this is going to end if this keeps up. And I know the rumors are going to start. Is Matt Canada uh, going to be fired after this game? He's not going to get fired. He Like, the Steelers are an organization where they will... Um, grant someone's contract and they will let it play out and this is no different for Matt Canada Um, Coach T has a massive amount respect for Matt Canada I don't know why Uh, I mean the film doesn't lie and the film just shows his lack of creativity to a offense and for route running for the wide receivers that you see on the field and I would love to have them just promote someone else. Somebody else has to be better than Matt Canada. I said it on the podcast a week before here. It's time for Matt Canada to show what he's made of. And obviously, nothing changed. It's the same Matt Canada that we saw in the NFL season of 2022. But, you know, whatever, I guess. Now, speaking of Joey Porter, I did mention him for a second here, but we've been talking a lot about the offense here. Let's let's switch it over to the defensive side now with, as I said before, why Joey Porter Jr. only played seven snaps versus the San Francisco 49ers here. And after coaches talked him up and how he would play a lot, and but it comes to no surprise that he wasn't going to be playing. It's the Steelers. It's how they always operate. They don't want to throw the rookies out into the fire. I mean, fuck, dude. They did it last year with Kenny Pickett. I mean, let's not be shocked that Joey Porter Jr. only had seven snaps. But, I mean, from the way that Levi Wallace was playing, and hell, even Patrick Peterson, he's not that type of player anymore. He's a slot cornerback type of guy. It's... Astonishing to me that Joey Porter Jr. only played seven snaps for that reason is because the the D-backs were playing the way that they were playing. But Coach T, he did have something to say about as to why Joey Porter Jr. only played seven snaps for the San Francisco 49ers. And I, I believe it was something along the lines of it was uh, the tempo that they were playing with, uh, everything that they were practicing for. Um, the certain situations, but Pittsburgh stayed in base of most of the time because the 49ers ran so much out of the 21 personnel with two running backs, specifically um, uh, the fullback dude. The 49ers just basically stayed ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers here, and (laughs) that just goes without saying, man. It was just a complete demolish. 
But Tomlin did say they did such a really good job of staying on schedule. That is pro- probably less than we- than we anticipated. And it oftentimes you guys are asking the division of labor, the amount of exposure of talent and so forth. We have intentions and an agenda, and sometimes game circumstances changes those agendas. And that's why I described the game the way I de- that I described it. The 49ers were able to play to their agenda and their plans, and we obviously were not. Obviously, we had intentions of playing Joey Porter more than that, but you better have them behind the chains and off schedule a little bit more than we had them off schedule. If not, then you'll play seven snaps of dime because you don't play dime on third down and two. And you know what I mean. So that's Mike Tomlin's reasoning why Joey Porter didn't play as much. So that's the way that the cookie crumbles, I guess. And with that being said, uh, we can move on to the injuries that happened uh, throughout the game and how it's going to be affecting the Pittsburgh Steelers here uh, going into the Cleveland Browns week. I know uh, that we all know that um, Cam Hayward, he's going to be out for the the significant future here. Uh, Could be eight weeks uh, with a hamstring injury that he just had surgery on just yesterday, I believe. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he's going to be out for about maybe three, four weeks here. But that just deserves a opportunity for uh, Calvin Austin III to step up and show what he's about for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. And even uh, Broderick Jones, he's been trying out at, at right tackle because Chooks Okorafor, he is a, um, he's in concussion protocol. So you could have Broderick Jones and Dan Moore Jr. in uh, for the same game here. I mean, I highly doubt that um, Chuksa Korafor is is not going to play or is not going to start. But I feel like he will be fine because the Steelers they do have that extra day. They play Monday night for the uh, against the Cleveland Browns, so we'll see what happens with that. But let's go more in depth with uh, Broderick Jones getting a couple snaps at right tackle in practice. Uh, I believe uh, the uh, Lions coach. Uh, Pat Meyer, or, yeah, is that the coach? I don't know. Um, Broderick Jones, he was uh, asked a question, and he said, I think I did pretty well just sticking with my roots and sticking to what Coach Pat Meyer taught me. See, I knew it was Pat Meyer. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Jones is going to be coming into the game plan. Uh, The plan was that if uh, uh, Chooks Okorafor, like I said, if he is still injured by Monday, then Moore would uh, flip from left tackle to right, most likely. Or, you know, Broderick Jones could uh, be at right tackle and Dan Moore could just stay at left tackle. Who knows? I don't know what they plan on doing here. But with Okorafor in concussion protocol, uh, he's not going to be participating in any practice. So they're just kind of seeing who fits better at right tackle or left tackle. And that could be a sign that uh, they expect a core forward to play, though. I mean, who knows? Uh, with concussion protocol, anything can happen. Uh, head coach Mike Tallman, he expressed some optimism on the front on uh, Tuesday on the Mike Tallman show. And, you know, therefore, uh, it can let 
Dan Moore Jr. get uh, a week of practice at left tackle where uh, PFF, they graded him as the worst left tackle in week one. But again, you got to remember that it was going up against the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, that's the NFL. You're going to be getting some of those things that come your way. So even Jones uh, said, you've always got to be prepared no matter what the circumstances is. So even he uh, he's going to be, you know, letting the Pittsburgh Steelers use them however that they want. And they also got to know, I mean, it's not going to be an easy task. Miles Garrett is going to be on the other side. So even Jones, he stated about Miles Garrett here. He said, I've watched a little bit of his game. I've never really sat down and studied him because I've never played against him. But that's something I'm looking forward to this week. So that could be another indication that if <clears throat> Chooks for is out, then that could mean that Roderick Jones, he could get some snaps uh, against the Browns, and maybe we could see a little bit more of him because, honestly, after seeing that, Dan Moore Jr. had the worst grade, and let's not bash on the offensive line here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The offensive line did a very, very good job, I thought, against the San Francisco 49ers here uh, at week one, and it's just... With with Matt Canada's play calling and his uh, route running schemes for the uh, for the wide receivers that he has and the the amount of talent that he has, he's just not fully using the talent on the roster on the offensive side. So, but that's it. That's it for uh, the eight one four to four one two podcast here. Uh, reviewing uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, sad sad demolishing against the San Francisco 49ers and the upcoming uh, week for the Browns. And I'm going to give you my pregame show for the Cleveland Browns against Pittsburgh Steelers this week, either on Saturday or probably Friday. But I will give you guys my um, full prediction on Friday, uh, how the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is going to be playing, what uh, the rumors and everything else is going on in the world for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I'll catch you guys next time. But if you like what you heard, give me a negative five-star review or, uh, you know, give me a uh, little uh, plus sign for a follow if you guys like what you hear. And if you want, if you are listening on somewhere, but you want to uh, listen to me on your phone, you know, I'm pretty much anywhere. I got Google Podcasts on here and then also Apple Podcasts. Still trying to work out Spotify Podcasts. I don't know why the hell it's not working. Still, to this very day, after three weeks of still trying to get it going, it's still not. But, all right, like I said, I'll catch you guys this Friday for the pre-show and the pre-game of the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns.